This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 1st, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama wants the federal government to begin collecting data on millions of Americans' salaries. That information could then be used in pay discrimination lawsuits. Thea Knight, Associate Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute, argues the debate over pay equity needs to face a few facts. What is the president proposing here? He's proposing that as part of their tax filings, companies disclose uh, not only a breakdown of employees by race and gender, but also by how much each person makes in different uh, positions and break that amount down by race and gender as well. Are companies doing this at all right now? I think that some companies do this internally already. Um, This is not an issue that is new. Uh, The idea of pay equity has been around for a while. So this is definitely something that HR departments are aware of. And already, you know, there there is uh, a cause of action for for pay discrimination. We have a law on the books that prevents companies from paying men and women differently. So what is the substantial argument for compelling some companies, again, not all companies, but some companies uh, to do this. So there's this argument that women make 79 cents on the dollar, um, and sometimes that's quoted as 77 cents, sometimes 79 cents um, on the dollar compared to men. And this is comparing, um, on an annualized basis, full-time workers. So the argument is that there's this what's called the pay gap, um, that men earn more than women for a full day's work, is the argument. Now, that number in itself has been thoroughly discredited as being terribly valuable because it doesn't compare like professions. It's not 79 cents on the dollar for the same kind of work. Um, and you know, women tend to be in professions that are paid less than the professions that men choose. And you can get into why that exists, um, but you can't, you know, comparing somebody who does one type of work with somebody who does a totally different type of work with a different skill set, different education requirements, is just not a useful practice. Women are more likely to drop in and out of the workforce due to uh, having children, uh some other reasons. Exactly. So uh, one of the things is that it starts in the beginning. Women tend to choose majors in college that result in lower pay. If you consider, um, you know, women disproportionately are elementary school teachers. Um, And even within professions, you know, in some ways, when you start drilling down into these details, people start talking about saying, well, you know, look, if you compare lawyers, isn't that the same job? Well, no, it isn't, because men tend to choose the types of law and the practices of law that tend to be more highly compensated, and women tend to pick uh, areas of law or employers such as government or nonprofit that pay less. But the president's not asking for some sort of specific correction to whatever he perceives to be the pay gap. This is just a step to, I suppose, expose uh, the pay gap to the extent that it exists within companies. Yeah, and you know, part of the argument is that one of the things that happens is that women don't know they're being paid less than men in the same position. So, you know, two workers in the same company, same job title. Uh, the argument is the man is making more than the woman. Now, and the idea is to get this out there so that women can then if necessary, bring legal action or uh, also, I think, to act as sort of a um, 
as a control on the company. So when they have to put the information out there, they might change their practices. Now, one thing is that the reason that two employees might be paid differently, even if they are in all ways equal, is what happened at the hiring table. Um, women are less likely to negotiate for higher pay. And again, you can get into all kinds of conversations about why that is. Are there societal reasons that women feel less comfortable negotiating? Should that be that way? And those are interesting questions, but those don't go to what the company is paying. If the company has a practice of negotiating, they're going to negotiate for the best deal they can get. And if uh, one employee was able to negotiate a higher pay than the other one, that's part of the way the game is played. We've talked before about uh, regulatory changes that are costly to implement. If you say that many companies are already tracking this internally, it doesn't seem like it would be very costly for them to report uh, this information publicly. I think you have to consider the chilling factor that this might have. So if you have a company that now needs to report that you know, Jim and Mary, both who are software engineer too, are paid different amounts, that's going to affect the way they're going to deal with pay internally. So it may be that Jim is due for a raise because he's done some really good work. And the company is going to be concerned that that's not going to look good in this disclosure. Um, they might also consider, in that case, well, why don't we promote Jim to software engineer three? Then we have them in different titles. So what you get is you know, you might wind up holding women back from from promotion in order to keep to use uh, the job titles as a way to sort of manage this. So I think what you find over and over again when you try to use regulation to dictate how companies pay their employees, the companies find ways to pay their employees the way they want to pay them and the way that they provide value to the company. And what you wind up doing is just introducing these different kinds of machinations that companies use in order to do what they wanted to do anyway. To what extent has technology helped alleviate the problem of this uh, asymmetric info with respect to salaries? There are a lot of websites like Glassdoor or Salary.com where people can share information about their their employers anonymously. So it used to be that you would have to be close enough friends with someone so that you could have that awkward conversation about, well, how much do you make and how much do I make, which is just taboo in our society anyway. But now there are a lot more resources. So if you're going to go, starting at the beginning, if you're looking for a job, you can go online and you can get a sense of what that job should pay so that you're walking in the door armed with the information about what is a reasonable salary for your position. Um, There are also online uh, discussion boards where people talk about these things, where the fact that you're anonymous online makes it okay to have these conversations in a way that it hasn't been in the past. Thayanite is Associate Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play with Cato's iOS app, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.